Welcome to the Tuesday, March 21, 2023 hybrid in-person and virtual meeting of the San Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Dori Kaminong and I am the Commission Vice President. We will start with announcements. We would like to start the meeting with a land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Entertainment Commission, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territories. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects for acknowledge by acknowledging the ancestors and elders and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall Room 416, broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view on Zoom or listen to by calling 1-669-900-6833 using meeting ID 894-9200-2470. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. For those attending remotely, the commission will hear up to 20 minutes of remote public comment total for each agenda item. Because of the 20 minute time limit, it is possible that not every person in the queue will have an opportunity to provide remote public comment. Remote public comment from people who have received an accommodation due to disability will not count, toward, will not count towards the 20 minute limit. Public comment will be taken both in person or remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table or podium. Come up to the podium during public comment, state your name, any affiliations, and then your comment. You will have three minutes. Once finished, please hand your speaker card to the commission staff behind the podium. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you are asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you are also viewing the meeting on SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or a telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions featuring or during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and Media Services for sharing this meeting with the public. Thank you, Commission Secretary Liang. It's right back at you. It's time for a roll call. <laughs> Vice President Camino. Here. Commissioner Perez. Here. Commissioner Torres. Here. And Commissioner Wong. Here. Okay, the next item on the agenda is agenda item number two, general public comment. Is there any public comment for items not listed on the agenda? There are no public comments. Is there anyone in the queue? Nope. No. Okay, public comment is closed. 
Okay, the next item on the agenda is item <coughs> number three, approval of the minutes for February 21, 2023 commission meeting. Okay, is there any discussion? Do we have a motion? So moved. Second. Is there any public comment on the minutes? No, there are no public comments. Thank you. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Okay, let's take a vote. Uh, Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner, Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. <coughs> okay, the meeting minutes have been approved. The next item on the agenda is agenda item number four, report from the executive director. Good evening, commissioners. Happy Tuesday. Nice to see your faces here. Um, I, uh, instead of having Deputy Director Azevedo kick this off, I'm going to have her go second, but she will be providing an update this evening around our new brick and mortar permit application because you may have noticed that um, things look a little bit different on the back end now, and that's because we're processing all of our brick and mortar applications through an online portal um, that's really easy and simple to use. We're very excited about it, so she'll uh, share that with you and show you how it looks different than the previous applications you were reviewing in advance of hearings. Um, one of our uh, updates this evening is just to save the date for all of you for our annual summit, uh, which is going to be held on Monday, June 5th at 49 South Van Ness. Uh, we will be announcing topics soon, but we would love, welcome any ideas that commissioners have. Um, we will be having an initial staff call tomorrow and then bringing this to our executive working group uh, next week with an outline of what we're proposing. So if you have ideas between now and then, this is a great time to submit those via email to us. Uh, you can just email me directly. Um, aside from those two items, I just wanted to provide a couple of legislative updates for you all. So one is just around our jam permit program. As you may be aware, the expiration date um, is coming right up. Uh, recent legislation impacts that transition from jam permits to brick and mortar permits, AKA jam to bam. Um, as anticipated, our program will expire on March 31st, and this is in line with the Pandemic Shared Spaces program expiration. So this means that starting April 1st, we will no longer be issuing JAM permits. So for temporary outdoor events taking place on April 1 and beyond, we have already been issuing and will continue to issue our one-time outdoor event permit, uh, which was the pre-pandemic permit that we use. Uh, to date, we have issued five one-time outdoor event permits for events in April and beyond, and you will see some applicants here this evening that are on both the consent and regular agenda for this transition. Uh, one more update for you is that legislation passed for the JAM program uh, grace period extension. So in February, the board passed legislation to create a 180-day grace period for ongoing JAM permits and parklets and pandemic shared spaces parklets to continue operating as long as they're in good standing. So this means the final end date of September 27th for jams in parklets is what we will be following. And this extension will help prevent a gap in operations for our brick and mortar businesses that need more time to transition their parklet to a brick and mortar entertainment permit. 
Um, it's important to note that this legislation does not extend the grace period for jam permits and street closures and on private property. Those locations are still subject to the 60-day grace period in the 27th supplemental that created this program, which brings their final end date to May 30th. Uh, and Deputy Director Azevedo is working very diligently to bring those folks uh, over into a brick-and-mortar permit as possible. And from there, <laughs> you can just take the podium and give us your update. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. I thought I would go old school and show you something on the overhead projector this evening. Um, so this is also included in your digital folder tonight, but I just wanted to run through what our new digital brick and mortar application looks like. So as you know, we just transitioned in January to our digital format. Um, since then, we've received 17 online submissions, which is super exciting, and we are completely transitioned and no longer doing the paper application. So. Um, in your folder, you're gonna see that there is a the application itself is very long, it's 30 pages. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm going through each application and I am removing sections that are not applicable to the application type. So for example, in front of you and in your folder, you'll see this whole, all 15 sections. Uh, those aren't all going to apply to say an LLP permit that doesn't require a security plan or a billiard parlor permit that doesn't require a security plan. So you would only see the sections relevant to the permit type that's being, um, and being uh, applied for. So just to show you, there's uh, it's a totally new format that you're gonna see versus what was previously the application. We're now using um, check boxes. So text is filled in with black check marks. Um, there's gonna be notes over on the side sections. Um, for example, you'll see under like entertainment hours, um, and I'm still figuring out where things are within the pages, but over here you'll see examples um, that I'll have notes, so make sure to take a peek at the left side columns for notes about, say, business hours or entertainment type. Um, this is, it's pretty straightforward, but I'm always open to feedback if you have any, and I know that's gonna take a minute to kind of get used to this format, but please feel free to ask any questions or let me know if you have suggestions. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention is we are now collecting um, demographic information, which we were not previously doing for brick and mortar permit applications. So that won't be included in your application since it is uh, confidential information, but it'll be really great to see some data and statistics um, you know, once we have enough to collect that for you. Any questions? Yes. Hello. Hi. I'm not sure if it's just me and trying to scroll, scroll through. Is there a section here for public um, neighborhood outreach? There is, yes. Okay. And it's um, probably the last section, but let me point you to where it is on here. But yes, there is. I have to find where they've put it, um, Commissioner Press, but I'll make sure to point it out to you on what page it's on. I'll be sure to, to find that for you. Okay, no rush. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and I also so wanted to- up in case it gets- Of course, no, it, there's absolutely a section for, for it. I just have to figure out what page it's on. Um, and I also wanted to just mention that we actually have our first two JAM to BAM permit applications utilizing this application tonight. So you're gonna see those on your, um, in your folder. Are we hearing feedback from our permit holders? All positive so far. So I'm also thinking that no news is good news as far as constructive feedback, but I also haven't had any feedback, um, negative feedback from the 
approval agencies, the ones that I refer the applications out to either. So it seems to be a pretty seamless transition across the board, both for applicants and the referral agencies reviewing them. That's excellent. Thank you, Deputy Director Azevedo. Am I returning the mic back to sure <laughs> to you? Okay, yeah. sure. Um, the only thing I forgot to mention, just relevant to the summit, is just that we will be canceling the hearing the following day. Uh, normally, we have the summit on a Tuesday, but the location for it uh, was booked up for quite some time. So uh, we always do this in lieu of a hearing. Um, so just note that, but we'll go ahead and send something official. Okay, commissioners, any other questions or discussion points? <clears throat> okay, all right, let's go to public comment. Is there public comment for this item? No, no public comments on this item. Thank you, I like how you guys are swiveling around to the left, to the right, okay. <laughs> okay, public comment is closed. The next item on this agenda is item three, approval of minutes for February 21st. Oh, did I do that already? Page. No. Did I skip? Where did I go? My bad, you guys. Okay, the next item on the agenda is item number five, report from Deputy Director. Thank you, Vice President Camino. Okay, I have a pretty hefty um, enforcement update for you this evening. There were 83 complaints that we received um, since our last hearing, which was a month ago. You'll notice that many of the complaints are repeat, so neighbors were filing multiple complaints in a short period of time about the same business um, in some instances. So I plan to run through a few enforcement actions that were taken. Um, as always, please do feel free to ask any questions if you have them. Um, I first just wanna note that Adobe Books will not be at our hearing tonight, but rather they will be uh, coming back to hearing on April 18th, and President Blyman is aware of this change. So the first enforcement update I have for you is about SF Mix, located at 4086 18th Street. Since our last hearing, we received eight anonymous 311 complaints about the pre-recorded music on their outdoor patio, um, and a couple of complaints stated that the music was offensive, while others noted the heavy bass presence. Our inspectors continue to respond to the mix to check on the compliance with their outdoor sound levels, and overall, they continue to be in compliance. I do wanna note that with guidance from you all, we measure compliance of their outdoor sound based on a certain output of their speakers as, display, as displayed as a percentage on their system's iPads to exclude patron noise from skewing the sound readings. So this has worked well. However, a recent visit led us to understand that there was a misunderstanding between the permit holder and our inspectors regarding which display setting to monitor. So ultimately, the business has been operating in compliance, but after an on-site meeting with the manager, now everyone is on the same page and we all note to monitor the speaker's gain settings, which are not to exceed 75%. And during our last visit on March 18th, Inspector Zelenak confirmed that they were in compliance with their allowable outdoor sound limit during her visit. The next update is regarding White Rabbit, which is located at 3138 Fillmore Street. We received four complaints about the business since our last hearing, three of which came in on Sunday, February 19th, when we no longer had an inspector in the field. So Inspector Fiorentino responded during his next field shift on February 24th. When he arrived at 9.45 he, p.m., he observed the front door open during entertainment. He spoke with the manager about the complaints and reminded him that the door must be closed during entertainment. 
The manager stated that he nor the other manager were on site the night of the 19th, and Inspector Fiorentino reminded him that per the good neighbor policy, someone must always be on site who is familiar with their permit conditions. The manager acknowledged these uh, reminders, and Inspector Fiorentino left. Then later that night, we received another 311 complaint that he responded to at 1.30 a.m., when he arrived, the front door was propped open again, and someone closed it just right as he was approaching the business. He went inside and took a sound measurement, which showed them operating above their sound limit. So Inspector Fiorentino met with the manager again. Regarding the recent complaint, the manager attempted to have the DJ turn the volume down, but was just unsuccessful in reaching compliance with their C-weighted limit. And it's unclear why he could not bring the volume down to their approved limit when the manager explained that they use a limiter. So I'll also note that we've... Um, measured them in compliance during previous visits. So we know it's possible possible for them to operate in compliance. Uh, by this time it was 2 a.m. and the entertainment was ending and the business was closing. So we did issue a citation for violating their sound limit and operating entertainment with the door open. Next update is about Imperial Palace at 818 Washington Street. So this business holds a POE permit from our office, but in the last few months, we've received numerous tips about this business operating as an after-hours club. So on February 4th, Inspector Fiorentino visited the business at 2 a.m., and when he arrived, there was loud DJ music emanating from the restaurant. Front door was open, and there was a long line of patrons going up the stairwell to the second floor of the restaurant. Inspector Fiorentino tried gaining access into the event, but after identifying himself as a city employee, he was denied entry. Security got the promoter of the event to come outside and speak with Inspector Fiorentino, and she confirmed that, yes, they were hosting a private event that would end at 4 a.m., and that nobody from Imperial Palace was on site. We issued a citation to the permit holder for Inspector Fiorentino being denied entry, as that is a codified rule at all premises that we issue permits to. Additionally, both myself and city attorney followed up in writing describing the ramifications that having an unpermitted event could cause for the business and the property owner. And then on February 26th, Inspector Fiorentino returned to the business at 2.30 a.m. after he received a tip about another unpermitted late-night event. This time he was granted entry into the business with no issues, and when he uh, got inside, he observed a party with a DJ and approximately 150 patrons. Uh, he spoke with the same promoter as his last visit, and she confirmed that the event again concluded at 4 a.m. She explained that they had tickets being sold online in advance, of, in advance of the event and that the open bar was provided by Imperial Palace. So as Inspector, was Fior as Inspector Fiorentino was leaving, he saw the promoter speaking with two SFPD officers. We issued another citation for this occurrence, and the city attorney has issued a written notice to the property owner's warning of a public nuisance and unpermitted after-hours nightclub. Um, I've also since learned that the property is in a zoning district that does not allow an extended hours premises or EHP permit, and that there's been a change in ownership, but it appears the business is still under the same corporate entity. So last Friday, I was able to connect with the manager on the phone about these updates, and I explained they can't get one-time permits nor apply for the EHP permit, and that they need to submit a new application to come into compliance with the change in ownership. Um, it seemed that he understood that, so I am still awaiting that submission of the application. Um, the next update for you is about Northern Ducks, which is at 1355 Market Street. This business holds a POE permit, but we received a tip that they were also hosting after-hours events on February 26th. So Inspector Fiorentino visited the business at 2.15, and upon arrival, uh, DJ was performing to a small group of people. He spoke with the manager around 2.30 right as the music was en ending, and the manager indicated that the people were just from the industry and with the DJ. Um, 
but I, we still issued a citation for having entertainment after 2 a.m. because I explained to the owner that it doesn't matter if the people are from the industry that they can't host entertainment after 2 a.m. since they do not have a permit to do so. So uh, city attorney also issued the same type of written notice about the repercussions of hosting unpermitted events after 2 a.m. And I have educated the owner about obtaining one-time permits for late night events. And it actually looks like they've applied for one um, for an upcoming event. So they are, are following that instruction. Next update is about the Brixton at 2140 Union Street. They hold an LLP permit from our office, and on March 4th, Inspector Fiorentino responded to a 311 complaint at 11.45 p.m. When he arrived, the DJ, a DJ was performing inside the business. He took a sound measurement, which showed them operating just slightly above their approved sound limit, and he spoke with the manager about the reason for his visit and that the volume was exceeding their sound limit, so the manager had the DJ turn the volume down right away, which brought them into compliance, um, but there was no indication that they were ending their entertainment anytime soon, even though their LLP permit requires that they end by 11. So we issued a citation for this violation, and I just want to note that this is the third citation we've issued them for operating entertainment after 11 since May of 2022. Uh, the next update, there's, there's just three more. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> the next update is about Mays at 1233 Polk Street. So we received a 311 complaint on Friday, March 17th at 9.13 p.m., and when Inspector Fiorentino arrived 11.15 p.m. He observed that the front door was closed, but the DJ music was clearly audible from outside. He also noted that the sidewalk was packed with patrons and that there was no clear path of travel for pedestrians. When Inspector Fiorentino went inside the business, he took a sound measurement that showed their volumes peaking at 111.7 dBC, but their approved seaweighted limit is 107. So he spoke with the owner and explained the reason for his visit and noted that they were operating above their allowable sound limit. Inspector Fiorentino reported that the owner directed the DJ to turn the base levels down, bringing the volume into compliance, and that he also spoke with his security about doing a better job managing the line and the pedestrian traffic. So we did issue an NOV for exceeding their approved sound limit. The next update for you is about McTeagues at 1237 Polk. We received a 311 complaint about them at 915 on March 17th as well, and Inspector Fiorentino was able to respond at 1130. When he arrived, he observed the front door was open and that uh, there was loud DJ music clearly audible from across the street. He spoke with their manager about the reason for the, uh, his visit, and per their LLP permit, they actually are supposed to end entertainment by 10 p.m., so the manager acknowledged that it was well after that time and had the DJ stop immediately and also close the door. Um, we issued a notice of violation for this occurrence as well, and I've actually heard from the manager today apologizing and letting us know that it, it won't happen again. It was just an oversight and very busy on St. Patrick's Day. The final update for you tonight is about Halcyon. A long-term complainant of Halcyon has been reaching out to us again, and I just want to keep you apprised. Uh, the last enforcement action we took against the business was in November of 2022, when the neighbor complained that they were operating entertainment after 4 a.m., and the owner confirmed that their DJ did play an encore until about 4.10 a.m. that night, so we issued an NOV. We haven't observed for further violations recently, but we did receive a complaint on March 11th that their entertainment again ended after 4 a.m., as a reminder, the business must provide time-stamped video surveillance, fo surveillance footage of the interior of their premises upon request to check on adherence of their permitted hours of entertainment. When we received this surveillance footage from the owner, 
We observed that the music appeared to end at about 4 a.m. and 50 seconds, and that the venue was cleared out by 4.03 a.m. Director Weiland did not issue a formal regulatory action for this because the discrepancy of the time was neg negligible, um, but we plan to work with the permit holder to set up a time to check out their surveillance system to ensure that the clock is set correctly. And in the meantime, Director Weiland is setting up a meeting with the permit holder to remind them of the importance of adhering to their permit conditions, noting that entertainment must end by 4 a.m. and not 4.01 a.m., et cetera, and that the violation of this condition could result in progressive disciplinary actions, including but not limited to another hearing with the commission. We'll continue to monitor complaints about this business and keep you informed of our findings. Thank you. Thank you, Deputy Director. That was epic. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any discussion points? Any questions from commissioners? Yeah, it's definitely troubling to see a few of these venues just um, engaging in multiple instances of flouting their permit conditions. Um, it seems like with Imperial Palace, at least they're gonna have to come in because they're gonna have to um, submit an updated application with the new ownership, right? Um, and that Northern Ducks has applied for one one-time permit, but based on what I saw from the complaint and what I've seen on social media, they regularly hold these late night events. So I would like to keep an eye on them and if that's continuing to happen, would like to bring them in. May I respond to that, yeah. um, Commissioner Wong? So to, to clarify regarding Imperial Palace, um, although they have to submit a new application, yeah. it's still under the same corporate entity. So from what I understand, um, a brother sold it to his sister. And so it won't require, unless you all choose to bring them in. However, this would technically trigger a minor amendment. So it would just be an administrative change where we would get updated paperwork on file. But essentially, it's all under the same business account number, corporate entity. So it's really just bringing them up to speed um, with their current programming. Okay. In that case, I'm, I think their situation does merit yeah. um, having them brought in again. And we have in the past, it's been quite a while, but we can agendize an amendment before the commission. So perhaps that's the way to do it because that will give you the ability to condition and talk to them and all of that. Yeah, that definitely makes sense to me for Imperial Palace. And for Northern Ducks, I am encouraged they've submitted this one-time thing, but it seems to be very regular. We, we do receive, we have received uh, numerous tips from an individual um, stating that there are potentially late night events occurring after 2 a.m. at this location in addition to other locations. We have visited and this is the first of the allegations that we've substantiated um, at least in the last you know two years that there was a late night event occurring after okay. the fact. But we do receive numerous allegations of, of the late night parties there. That's true. Okay, let's just keep an eye on them then and, and make sure the inspectors are going out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Commissioner Perez. Um, thank you for your report. My question is also with Imperial Palace. Did mm -hmm. we know why our inspector was denied entry? They told him it was a private event and that he couldn't come in. Okay. And that was the end of it. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Even after identifying himself with a city badge, of course. Right. And they still said no. Yeah. Okay. And then when they do come back, uh, will, we be, will you be able to share this um, re report as part of the attachment to that 
to their permit or, or the application. You mean this enforcement report, like as a supplemental yeah, just document? just as a reminder for us that oh, this sure. incident happened. Sure. And also, I noticed that Rocks Den has five complaints, mm. and they're in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. and I know they're just applying mm -hmm. for a permit. Maybe you can also share a, um, a summary of their these uh, in, um, complaints so sure. that we can remember and ask them about these things. Oh, sure, yes, and they are have already done some sound attenuation since that occurred. In, in fact, Senior Inspector Zavrino went there today to set a sound limit, so I think that's a great step in the right direction, um, but we haven't received any complaints since they applied okay. for the LLP permit, so I think it was just a matter of getting some insulation in there, yeah. um, and they weren't hosting entertainment. It was actually a jukebox oh. that was causing the complaint. I know they're brand new. They just moved mm -hmm. location, so that's yeah. probably the reason. Yeah. All right, thank you. Sure. Commissioner uh, Torres. Um, I just wanted to clarify, uh, with Northern Ducks, they had a violation, or did, was um, I think it might have been my first hearing that there was a, maybe it was the um, a noise, the decibel reading. They had a, I, I remember them being on your report, I think. That's right. Um, I'm not sure, I can't tell you off the top of my head what the date was, but there was an instance within, I'd say, the last six months where Inspector Fiorentino visited, and um, the sound was, in fact, it, maybe I should say nine months, just in case, because time, what is time? But um, the sound limit, they were exceeding their sound limit, that's correct, and the manager on site was unable to bring the DJ into compliance. There was really just no oversight. We did return and set a new sound limit because they had changed their sound equipment, um, and so the, the last visit did not result in a sound violation, and we've also since gone out and educated on meter, using their meter correctly and syncing ours with theirs. Um, so I do, that is that also has occurred, and that's resulted in them being able being able to bring like their meter reading into compliance with, and yeah. You mean are they operating their volume yeah. in a compliant level? Yeah, since you went out there. Correct. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. And we have not received a sound complaint about them since that time, um, just the late night party allegations. Okay. okay, thank you. Okay, let's go to public comment. No public comments for this item. Okay. All right. Seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item on the agenda is number six, updates on nightlife business assistance from our VVIP, Ben Van Houten, the business development manager of nightlife and the entertainment sector with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, a.k.a. The Beer. Thank you, um, and Welcome. good evening, uh, commissioners. I should pull up the slides before I start. That'd be helpful. I just have to fill in for Blyman. No, that's great. <laughs> great. This one, does this one work? Yeah, they all work. Wonderful. Um, good evening, commissioners. Ben Van Houten from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Uh, it's been, it's been, I think, a couple months. Um, so happy to bring an update to all of you. Um, Going to kick off with uh, some state legislative updates. There are uh, several nightlife and entertainment-related bills uh, currently in the uh, state legislature. I'm going to switch this one. Actually, it's at, a, it's at a better, more comfortable height for me. Um, <laughs> 
The, uh, uh, the first is uh, AB 24, introduced by Assemblymember Haney around uh, uh, Narcan distribution, and, um, and it would uh, require the distribution, require certain businesses, including bars, to acquire opioid antagonist kits. Um, that bill was recently amended to, um, I, I think, soften the requirement a little bit if there is a, a not an available supply of, uh, of uh, free uh, opioid antagonist kits for these businesses, um, but certainly something to, to watch. And I should say that, that separately, we've been working with the Department of Public Health um, uh, on some efforts around uh, uh, Narcan education and outreach that we hopefully will be talking about more in the coming months. Uh, second bill currently percolating AB 374 by Assemblymember Haney. This would allow cannabis dispensaries to sell non-prepackaged food and drinks, uh, non-cannabis food and drinks at their dispensaries and also uh, to be able to sell tickets to entertainment events. Currently, the state law and regulations prevent uh, dispensaries from selling uh, non-prepackaged, so a, you know, a cup of coffee made on site or a, a food item made on site. Um, and also, uh, again, this issue of uh, uh, ticketing to entertainment events. I know that we've seen a few dispensaries uh, uh, get involved in the limited live performance permit uh, process. And uh, I think it's an exciting uh, potential opportunity to expand the universe of, uh, of entertainment spaces in uh, cities like San Francisco. Um, the bill would require uh, local governments to opt in and develop uh, uh, some, some uh, requirements around uh, that process. Final uh, legislative uh, piece of legislation that we are, are monitoring is SB 76 from Senator Weiner. This um, would uh, bring back the idea of entertainment zones from uh, last year. Uh, it, was SB, it was in SB 793 last year until it wasn't, um, but it's back again. And it's, this is the idea that uh, it would empower local governments to define areas in which, called entertainment zones, but in which uh, restaurants and bars in that area could sell uh, to-go alcoholic beverages for in conjunction with things like uh, street closures, street fairs, other sorts of outdoor activities. Um, this is a, a tool that's been deployed in a number of states. And um, uh, this bill would help uh, California cities get access to that. Um, I, I think there's a, uh, this was identified in our, uh, the mayor's downtown recovery strategy as a uh, potential tool for uh, downtown street fairs, street closures, and outdoor events. So um, certainly something that we are watching. That bill also uh, makes some uh, technical improvements to the music venue liquor license that was adopted last year. Um, another item on this slide is uh, the ABC has been for now a number of months developing regulations around the permanent licensing of uh, parklets and other what they're calling non-contiguous areas. Um, so that businesses will, will at some point have to expand, amend their existing premises to expand into the parklet areas. Um, uh, currently, businesses are operating under temporary pandemic permits that, that are, that for ABC purposes, the ABC temporary permits will continue until uh, March of next year. But in that interim time, businesses are going to need to apply to uh, amend their existing permits to expand into those parklets. Um, we've been monitoring the regulations and offered comments during both comment periods. Um, the, the latest round of draft regulations responded um, significantly to the concerns of industry leaders. So I think it's a, a step in the right direction, um, but ABC has not yet published its permanent rules on expanding alcohol service permanently in parklets. Um, 
On a related, slightly related note, we have been hearing a little bit of feedback from operators um, with some concerns around conditions being uh, uh, recommended, uh, proposed by ABC around outdoor space and sound, which is, um, I don't really have a, a, anything more than that at this point, but it's certainly um, you know, something that we are continuing to monitor given that the Entertainment Commission plays such a critical central role in monitoring and regulating sound in San Francisco and um, the potential for ABC conditions that conflict with or, or contradict um, entertainment permit uh, conditions is something that would be a um, would put businesses in a challenging place in terms of trying to identify how to comply with all of their different permits. Uh, as I mentioned, the music venue liquor license is a new license that um, was adopted in state legislation last year, and they became available uh, starting on January 1. It's the, it's the type 90 liquor license um, that allows alcohol service uh, before, during, and after uh, music performances. It's uh, not subject to the cap on full liquor licenses, so um, it, it doesn't require food service and it allows businesses to admit uh, minors. So there are a lot of ways in which it's an improvement on um, for music venues on uh, getting a restaurant license or a bar license on the on the secondary market. Um, this uh, several San Francisco businesses have already applied for the music venue liquor license, and um, you know I would say we are at the earliest stages of industry outreach. Uh, Neva, California, the, the State Venue Association is holding a webinar tomorrow. I know the Entertainment Commission uh, promoted it in the newsletter last week. I think that should be a good um, opportunity to hear from ABC stakeholders about how this new license uh, works and, and for an opportunity for uh, either existing venues or prospective venue operators to get their questions answered. And, and that my understanding is it's going to be recorded as well, and um, uh, so you know it's it's a, it will be uh, an available resource in the future. A couple of local uh, updates. Um, we've been talking, I think, for a few updates now on the uh, South of Market legislation that um, Supervisor Dorsey has authored. Um, this uh, this legislation would do some planning code reorganization and also support some. Um, entertainment and other small business uses in South of Market. Uh, it has currently been uh, continued to the call of the chair of the Land Use Committee due to some uh, technical uh, elements that, uh, that need to be figured out, but that is something we are monitoring. Um, some of the reforms that would be part of this legislation, extending some of the uh, outdoor patio reforms from Proposition H, expanding access to 30-day permitting, increasing access to limited live performance permits in uh, more districts. So certainly some nightlife and entertainment-related benefits uh, within that legislation. And then finally, I know that uh, Director Weiland already mentioned, mentioned shared spaces, but um, you know, encouraging operators to submit their parklet permits, their, their shared spaces permits by March 31st so that they can continue to operate uh, thereafter while they are moving toward uh, compliance with the permanent program. Um, that's that's it for the standard update, but uh, I know that we wanted to discuss uh, the the mayor's uh, downtown recovery roadmap, which uh, she released at the State of the City. Um, the, the full roadmap is online, but there's some uh, significant uh, nightlife and entertainment intersections and been working closely with Director Weiland and, uh, and, and Dylan and, and Caitlin on, uh, on, on a number of these pieces. So um, I will keep it relatively brief, but uh, the full roadmap is, uh, again, available on the website. 
there, are, there are nine strategies, but really um, I'm going to focus on uh, the strategy to transform downtown into a leading arts, culture, and nightlife destination, um, which has a number of different components identified. Um, I think first and foremost, the idea of designating an arts, culture, and entertainment zone downtown. Uh, this is a uh, process that we are really at the very beginning of, uh, first involving collecting a, uh, a better sense of information about what are the existing arts, culture, and entertainment assets downtown, um, what are the different areas or concentrated nodes of activity downtown, and then, uh, then we'll proceed to identify what are the potential incentives that could be uh, deployed to support existing arts, culture, and entertainment activities downtown, to uh, support and foster new and expanded arts, culture, and entertainment activities downtown. So um, really not much more than that to report at this point, but um, we're going to be working with the planning department and others, and um, I'm sure you will hear more about this as we move forward on that project in the coming months. Um, secondly, continuing to support public space events and activations downtown. Um, our office has uh, uh, put out a, or held a recent RFP to, uh, to support uh, outdoor events and activations in the downtown core. There is the SF Live program, which uh, we are currently working on uh, uh, developing uh, for to pair music venues with some outdoor concert activities. And again, I hope to have a, another update for you on that soon. Um, moreover, we are working to uh, support permitting improvements for community events, um, to support neighborhood festivals and street fairs. Um, again, collaborated with the Entertainment Commission and, and a number of other stakeholders on um, some special events process improvement work a few years ago and looking forward to carrying that across the finish line uh, through this effort. Um, as I mentioned before, the entertainment zones concept uh, is, a, is a piece of this uh, downtown strategy as well. And, um, and then additionally thinking about how to leverage the Moscone Visitor Center as a piece of the, the visitor experience uh, downtown. Those are the core uh, arts, culture, nightlife, entertainment pieces of the strategy. They certainly aren't, aren't all, the, all of the possibilities that we're contemplating, but those are really the key pieces um, that, that, are, that are moving forward right now. Um, I have the rest of the slides on the other uh, pieces of the downtown recovery plan, but but you know candidly, it'd probably make more sense to to come back with uh, uh, somebody from our economic recovery team to kind of talk through those more. But I would say that you know we are also thinking about how nightlife and entertainment intersect with all the other work that is happening around uh, uh, supporting downtown recovery. So maybe with that, um, yeah, available for any questions. Hi. Um, just a quick question to clarify what you meant about the entertainment zone and alcohol consumption. Does that mean when they purchase an alcohol in one venue, they can just kind of walk around and continue consuming on the streets? That, that's right, and it would be subject to any conditions um, imposed by the local government. So in a number of uh, other states that have similar sort of programs, there could be a you know, singularly identifiable uh, branded cup for the district that would be, you know, Clearly, that that would, it would be uh, that would be the alcoholic beverage that could be consumed within the zone, as opposed to anything else. But that's that's the idea: is to allow, you know, that at present, um, when you have a, a street closure, um, that that businesses that are participating or businesses that are along the street closure can't really, you know, they can serve beverages inside their business or maybe on their outside tables and chairs. But um, but really, the opportunity to uh, integrate 
the businesses along a corridor with outdoor programming in the corridor, it creates some really interesting new opportunities and business models to really directly deliver benefit to those businesses. Thank you. Sure. Uh, fellow commissioners, any comments, questions for, for business development manager Ben Van Houten? Okay, well, thank you. I, I did have a question. Um, in terms of uh, the SF Live initiative that was launched a couple years back, Yes. Um, has that rolled out, and is it part of some of the programming that will be launched at ACE? Um, it is. It is definitely a a parallel effort to the to the ACE zone. We are currently ramping up our um, brand development and building out some of our uh, programming architecture for how that how the program is actually uh, going to be deployed. Um, so you know, I hope to have I hope to have more updates soon in terms of the the timeline for the ACE zone. We are. We're doing. We're working as as fast as we can, but we also want to be thoughtful and and have plenty of time for community outreach uh, as we think about what the zone looks like. Okay, go ahead. Um, in the community outreach component, are you you're are you engaging with all uh, like community stakeholder organizations, cultural districts, that kind of stuff? We we certainly will. We are we are at the we are so early in this process that we are still. Building our outreach plan right now, so um, so I, I I think that's a great that's a great component of it, and, and um, but yeah, we're it's very we're we're kicking off. Okay, Commissioner Perez. Uh, I think I, met, I asked you this before, but when you say downtown, what does that encompass? Um, All the way to Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, you know, I think a in terms of how we think about downtown. Um, you know, we, for purposes of our exercise, are thinking are thinking pretty broadly, just in terms of data collection. But um, you know, obviously, when it comes to how, you know, I, I think we want to we want to right now just gather as much data as possible about where the nightlife and entertainment uh, opportunities are, and where where and what where things are happening downtown. Um, you know, in the broader in the broader downtown of the region. Um, I think once we move more toward identifying what resources, incentives, support would look like, um, how, you know, thinking about how to focus those efforts to, to deliver impact is going to be, um, you know, the, the thinking about a, a more defined geography is probably going to be more appropriate then. But um, again, we're, this is, this is all, all very early for where we are. But I look, forward, I look forward to sharing updates with you over the coming months. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, let's go on to public comment. Is there any public comment on this item? You can come. Yeah. You can come in. This is my name, and this is item number six. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, I apologize if I didn't understand the entertainment zone concept being proposed in part by Senator Weiner and described just now in response to Commissioner Perez's question. The entertainment zone concept, I think, is that. During special events, for instance, the North Beach Fair, the bars in North Beach would be permitted to sell off-premises alcohol so that somebody attending the North Beach Festival or North Beach Fair could go into one of the local bars and walk out with a designated cup buying alcohol from the existing bar and walk around the neighborhood with it. I believe that's the concept, isn't it? 
Yeah. So um, nothing was mentioned in that discussion and it needs to be mentioned. I'm neither for nor against that idea, but as somebody who was instrumental in arranging the North Beach Fair on many occasions, I live in North Beach, um, the nonprofit element of the fair itself, it, it actually goes to many nonprofits in the neighborhood, is based on selling alcohol, as we all know in these fairs, um, regardless of outside the bars and restaurants that exist there. So again, when you establish the North Beach Fair, how they're able to do it, these producers who are from the Bay Area and, and charge very little, how they're able to charge very little to the stalls that allow craftspeople to come and sell their goods is because they're making tremendous amount of money on the alcohol. So the formula that you have to come up with is not an easy one because it isn't quite fair to the existing bars and restaurants to have them a big fair and then they can't sell off-premises alcohol only on-premises. But um, there has to be consideration for those producers and the nonprofits who are putting together the fair. So in our case, the North Beach Fair is put on by um, a business association that supports my group, I'm a volunteer with St. Vincent de Paul Society. We work with the homeless. And uh, many nonprofits derive income from these fairs. So you have to just come up with something that helps everybody. And that's not easy to do. I don't envy you having to do that. <laughs> okay, thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you for raising that point. Okay, are there any other public comment uh, folks? No more further public comments. Okay, public comment is now closed. The next item on our agenda is number seven, hearing impossible action regarding applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. I'll be starting us off. Mm -hmm. So okay. I just wanted to note that tonight's um, permit agenda is gonna read a little bit different in that both myself, uh, May, and Dylan will also be all be reading from the uh, memo here. So before you all vote on the consent agenda, Dylan's going to read his piece. So just letting you know there will be like a, a handoff here. So we have three limited live performance on consent tonight. One of these is for a new indoor LLP permit, and the other two are for Jam to Bam LLP permits for indoor and outdoor entertainment plus outdoor amplified sound. Both of the JAM to BAM permit applications are for existing JAM permit holders who are both in good standing to formalize their outdoor activities under an LLP permit. In both cases, there is no change to their outdoor programming from their JAM to BAM application. But in addition, both permit applicants have also added indoor entertainment as a component of their LLP permit applications. Please note that due to their zoning controls, Piazza Pellegrini's indoor entertainment must end by 10 p.m., while Metro Events and Rudy Sports Bar are allowed to end at 11 p.m. All three applicants conducted extensive outreach and there was no opposition for any permit. Mission Station had no added conditions for Rudy's and Central Station included their standard calendaring condition for both Jam to Bam LLP permit applications. So the staff recommendation is for the commission to vote to approve the consent agenda with the staff recommendations below. Thank you, Deputy Director Azevedo. Good evening, Commissioners Dylan Rice, Senior Analyst. Also on the consent agenda tonight are eight recurring events in street closures that are applying for a one-time outdoor event permit to host outdoor entertainment with extended duration starting in April 2023 and in some cases for up to 12 months. These events are community markets and festivals that have previously held jam permits and have been in good standing. The applicants conducted 
um, neighborhood outreach. There was no opposition to these permits and SFPD had no additional recommendations. The staff recommendation is for the commission to vote to approve the consent agenda, um, pardon me, with the staff recommendations listed below. I want to make a note that the th that three of these events, Adder Sunset Farmer's Market, Soulful Sundays, and the Lion Dancing Performances are still waiting to receive their final approval for their street closure from SFMTA and ISCOT on March 23rd. So for those events, I'm recommending that we conditionally approve their entertainment tonight in order to prevent a gap in operations and require that the permit be valid contingent upon getting the street closure permit approved. I also want to make a note that for Fern Alley Music Series, an inspector will be setting an outdoor limit for them in compliance with Municipal, Municipal Police Code Article 1060.16 and will take into account the nearest sensitive receptors. So again, you will see the staff recommendations underneath each item below. Okay, is there, is there a third read-along? <laughs> Not till the uh, regular agenda. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to entertain a motion for the consent agenda? Yeah, I would like to move to approve the consent agenda with staff recommendations. I'll second. Okay. Oh, I forgot to do public comment. Okay, I can do it now. All right. Is there public comment on the consent agenda? There's no Zoom. Uh, no public comments for this item. Okay. I should have a quick question. Um, just wondering, I don't remember us doing, uh, adding outdoor events for on the consent agenda. Is that new? Yes. Um, and so also attached in your um, packet, in, which is in your iPad, is just the criteria in which we use to transition jam to BAM. Um, so what would require a hearing, what would require consent agenda versus regular agenda. So that's how we place these on here. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So public comment was closed. And um, is there any other commissioner questions, discussion points? Okay. And then we had motions. So are we ready for a roll call? <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right. Uh, Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay. Your permit applications are conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, back to you, Deputy Director. For regular agenda? Yes. Okay, great. So the first permit on our regular agenda tonight is for a limited live performance permit that includes both indoor and outdoor entertainment as well as outdoor amplified sound for, for Shipyard Trust for the Arts, which is located in Hunters Point at 101 Horn Avenue. The applicant is seeking the LLP permit to host indoor entertainment such as jazz trios, play readings, and small musical performances. 
Additionally, they hope to activate their outdoor private lot with entertainment such as live bands and amplified music when they host events to showcase the artist's work. The space does not have any nearby residential neighbors, so EC staff is recommending that they adhere to Municipal Police Code Article 29 for their indoor entertainment and Municipal Police Code Article 1060.16 for their outdoor entertainment and amplified sound. The applicant conducted outreach by posting their LLP permit to Town Square, which is an online platform for folks in the area, along with sending out a newsletter to roughly 300 artists who have studios at the shipyard. There was no opposition to the permit, and SFPD Bayview Station approved their permit with their standard calendaring condition. Here to speak with you this evening is their director, Barbara Ockel. pulling up my presentation. Yes. Um, hello, commissioners, and I wanted to um, give a shout out to Deputy Director Acevedo. She was extremely helpful in shepherding me through the process of outreach and all these things that needed to be done. Um, thank you. So um, we're the we're the artists at the Hunters Point Shipyard. Some of you may have been out there for an open studios event. Um, we are the only like living thing in the shipyard. And um, we expect to continue to be the only living, except a few um, coyotes that roam around <laughs> for a while to come. And so we're trying to um, promote the artists. Our organization tries to promote the artists' businesses. There's about 300 artists out there. Twice a year, they open their studios for open studios events. And s since recently, we also have a new gallery that it was a result of a recent renovation of one of our buildings. And so I wanted to show you some pictures going with that. Thank you, May. So um, how do we project that? Oh. Just make sure you're speaking to the person. Okay. Yeah, so we are at the southeast end of San Francisco at the Hunters Point Shipyard. And the little inset on the left, which is written over, anyway, that's, that, it's basically... You know where it is. It's just north of Candlestick Park. That might be a better landmark for people. It is surrounded by water on three sides. Uh, the only residents anywhere nearby are the condos on the hill that were developed in the last 10 years, but they're still pretty far away. Uh, you see that uh, the white building, I don't know if you can, right here, that is, where, that is where our gallery is, and that's where we plan to have entertainment when we have art openings, we have like a little jazz quartet and that, that kind of thing. And also for open studios right outside that building. How do you advance this? Just scroll down. Oh, okay, just scroll down, oh, okay. Okay, so this is the main building. The gallery is indicated there, and in that area right outside the gallery, we have like food service for open studios and also music. All that other wasteland is a, a construction site that was supposed to be uh, for a new artist building that was gonna be built, but that was shut down in 2018 with all the scandal, and we don't expect any changes in that in the you know foreseeable future, unfortunately. 
So before we had that construction, you see we had open studios events, we had you know food areas there, and we would really love to have entertainment as well. It just attracts more people and people can relax out there. Um, this is the other, uh, there's five other artist buildings besides that in the so-called parcel B, which is the area that, um, the artists from that area were supposed to move into the big building that was going to be built at that construction site, but they cannot now because it's not going to be built. And so we have food service and entertainment basically out on the street. Let's um, see. Yeah. Outside those buildings so that we have an attraction for the public, also for those artists in those buildings that are a little bit more off the beaten path. And this is just a picture of our new art gallery. It's, uh, that was still empty. We have an exhibit in there now already. And uh, it's been well attended. We've had like a couple of events there. And um, people come and really enjoy the space. And um, the music really uh, you know, would add to the attraction for our customers. So um, pretty much that's you know, all I have to present. If you have any questions. Thank you. Okay, commissioners, do we have any comments, questions for our guest? Just want to thank you for the work you're doing there. It looks like it's really enriching the community. It's quite a hub for arts there, and um, I have no concerns at all. It's the, some of the reasons we exist to mitigate sound complaints and things like that don't look like they apply in <laughs> any way to where you're operating. So couldn't be more supportive. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner. I also just have a comment. So thank you for all your work. I know this is not very, that's not easy. And so I'm um, grateful for all your efforts to bring entertainment and art and culture in that part of town. So thank you to you. We're happy to do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you. Go ahead and have a seat. Is there um, any public comment on this item? Uh, there's no public comments on this item. Okay. okay. Do we have a motion to approve the permit? I would like to make a motion to approve this permit with staff recommendations. Okay. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. All right, roll call. Uh, Vice President Camino? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay, thank you. Okay, your permit, uh, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo. Okay. Okay, it's my turn now. Uh, so the second permit on the regular agenda is another farmer's market that is applying for one-time outdoor event permit to host outdoor entertainment with extended duration. The North Beach Farmer's Market is a 501c3 nonprofit that has been in operation for five years and previously held a jam permit for weekly outdoor performances on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1.30, and they want to continue this activity for this coming year. The reason they are on the regular agenda is because we have received six complaints about this market's live entertainment starting back in April 2022. Please note that of the six complaints, five were anonymous, so the, complainant, so the applicant nor the um, EC staff 
staff have been able to reach out to the complainant to discuss their concerns. Our inspectors went out into the field on March 11th to set sound limits for their live entertainment and pre-recorded music, which include speakers from individual vendors. Both limits are included in the staff recommendations below. The applicant conducted extensive outreach in advance of this hearing, which included passing out uh, an outreach letter to the residents on Greenwich between Powell and Stockton and on Powell between Lombard and Filbert. No complaints came from the outreach, and one neighbor asked that Bufano Alley be kept clear for residents. SFPD Central Station had no additional recommendations, and here to speak with you this evening over Zoom is the applicant, Nick, Nick Ferris. I'll bring in Mr. Ferris right now. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. I'm trying right. to get you on the screen here. Um, so there you are. Great. Hey, hello. Um, Wonderful. Uh, hello, commissioners. Thank you for your time. My name is Nick Ferris. I'm a co-founder of the North Beach Farmers Market. I apologize. I cannot be there in person. I just had a newborn, uh, and leaving is sometimes very difficult, my wife. Um, but regarding the market, uh, we're operating our sixth year and currently uh, have uh, music under a jam permit. We're applying um, to continue playing this music. Um, a lot of the points may alluded to already. Uh, I think this is very standard music that you've probably seen in a market yourself. Uh, but to acknowledge what May had just mentioned, we have had some complaints over the years. Um, and both of these we've discussed uh, with May and Caitlin in the past. And we have taken uh, a variety of steps to do our best to mitigate any concerns um, because we too take it very seriously. Um, and I thought the commission might be interested to hear a little bit about what we've done. Um, so some things we've done to mitigate this is we've aimed uh, the musicians and speakers away from the residential units. So the residential units are behind the speakers. Uh, we don't allow any speakers that aim in multiple directions. Uh, we have moved the band or performer further down the block where we understood to be away from uh, the residential complaint. There's one person that we were aware or pretty sure uh, we're confident where they were. Uh, so we moved them further down the block. Um, now we've actually put the music to the very end of the market and in front of a disused office building. So again, music aimed away from the building. Uh, but music literally cannot be heard at the other end of the market, and we are a very small market. Um, and then just most recently, um, this is the result of a conversation uh, with May and Dylan. Uh, we've purchased a sound meter, um, and we are training staff to periodically monitor the music for decibel levels. Um, and they're all empowered to uh, turn down the music at any time. And I actually have a session tomorrow with Andrew, one of the inspectors, uh, to go through a lot of this. Uh, that's a bit about the market. Um, just want to open it back up for any questions. Okay, thank you, Mr. Ferris, and congratulations on your newborn. <laughs> okay, commissioners, Commissioner Perez. Thank you. Hi, Nick. Uh, thank you so much for um, presenting your project to us. Also, congratulations to your baby. Uh, question for you. Does the music start at 9 o'clock? I see here that your market starts from 9 to 11 to 1.30. Does the music start at 9 or later? No, it starts later. Uh, we have, I think on the permit, we've applied to a start from 9.30. That is when the musician arrives. 
Um, and so they arrive at 9.30 and then we'll set up and then play somewhere between 9.30 and 9.45 on average. Okay, so the music starts around 9.30 until the end, like like one thirty or 1 no, o'clock? No, so the market ends at 1 o'clock. The musician will stop at 12.30 uh, and then take down. Okay, I got it. Thank you. And then when there are complaints, um, how are you able to address them in real time? Uh, we can turn down the music immediately. Um, we've got, yeah, our staff, I mean, it's all, you know, the speakers can be turned down. Yeah, immediately. Okay. And then um, how are people able to connect with you if they have like a concern or a, or a complaint? Do they just call a phone number that you're able to uh, um, answer or your staff? Yeah, so at every at every market, we have staff on site. There's a dedicated booth for market info, uh, and there will always be one or two people there at the market. Uh, and so they can go directly to that individual um, and to solve it in real time, or they can go to our website, northbeachfarmersmarket.com, and we've got uh, and can reach out to us through there uh, through email. Okay, got it. Just one more question. And are you using like a microphone sound system or are they just performing without amplification? There is, there's, yeah. Typically musicians will bring a small speaker uh, and then we'll have a microphone as well. Okay. All right. Thank you, Nick, and good luck. Thank you. Okay. Other commissioners? Okay. All right, well, okay, thank you. Let's go to public comment. Okay, to the right, to the left. No. no public comments for no. this item. Okay. All right. Public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? I would like to make a motion to approve this um, application with staff recommendations. Seconded. Okay. Thank you. Can we have a roll call, please? Yes. Vice President Camino? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay, uh, Mr. Ferris, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with the permit administrator for next steps. Okay, thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, great. The third item on the regular agenda is for the Moscone Center to host four small performance areas outside within the boundaries of their private property. So these areas include two on Howard between 3rd and 4th Street, one on the corner of 4th and Minna, and one on 3rd between Howard and Folsom. And they will be activated during conventions and events happening at the Moscone Center. They want to activate these spaces at a maximum of three days per week and a maximum of four hours each day between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. starting April 14th, 2023 and going to April 13th, 2024, a full 12 months. They will be partnering with local musicians, dancers, and artists to create diverse programming that will enhance the experience for convention visitors. The applicant conducted extensive outreach in advance of this hearing that included posting the notice on their website, sending emails to neighbors, and handing out 30 letters in person to their neighborhood around the performance areas. San, Fran uh, San Francisco Police Department Southern Station had no additional recommendations. And here to speak with you this evening over Zoom again is Ryan Cote, the Convention Service coordinator for the Moscone Center. Mr. Cote, I'm bringing you in right now as a panelist. 
Hello, everyone. Good evening. Uh, thank you, commissioners, for having me today to communicate what we're looking to do on behalf of the Moscone Center starting as soon as next April. We are excited to work with our partners in the Yerba Buena District as well as beyond that to solicit performance artists to add to the experience as convention years that are coming from Union Square from the Yerba Buena District to have something that's kind of special in various spots around public art or in areas around the Moscone Center. We're working closely with our partners at the Yerba Buena Conservancy as well as with the Community Benefit Districts. And uh, at this time, we're working with a lot of artists to see what's available and identifying which conventions we would like to add some programming to. So the programming can be as small as a trio and maybe as large as a 40-person performance. But we're looking to really start small and add to the experience when uh, individuals are coming to San Francisco for a convention. Uh, we've gone around, we've talked to pretty much all the partners in the entertainment district. Everybody's really supportive and on board and offering assistance and actually helping to connect performers to this new program. So the first experiment that we're doing with this program is going to be for the RSA convention, which is at the end of April. That's a huge convention coming to San Francisco. So we're really excited to make something special for them. And thank you for your time. Uh, we've gone around and talked to all of our neighbors. We've communicated this for the past months since I started this past January. And everybody's been really welcoming to this idea. And hopefully it'll have some legs to grow in the future. Okay, thank you, Mr. Coat. Um, I think it's ironic that it's called small street performances when Moscone is so big, <laughs> so big. Okay, commissioners. Okay, Commissioner Perez, go ahead. Hello, uh, Mr. Coe, it's a welcome and thank you for your presentation. My question is, can you, um, can you help me understand where exactly along Howard the performances will take place? Is it gonna be on the sidewalk or is it gonna be that corner between, was it like 4th and Howard? Or, I'm sorry, can you, ex can you help me understand where? Sure, the area that we really like to first use is a small amphitheater area, which is right next to the visitor center, which will be reopening towards the end of this year. When you're coming off of 4th Street, making that initial left towards the visitor center, there's a really well-landscaped patio, and it could has seating for, I'd say, probably 50 people that could sit and enjoy a small program. So that's one area which I marked on the map. Then across the street, there's two areas which are right outside the Moscone North doors, and then south, kind of towards the Keith Herring installation, and that patio there, we thought that might be a good idea to add some street performers as well. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Commissioner Torres. I just uh, wanted to ask if you could speak a little bit to, um, for your programming, if you had reached out to uh, legacy businesses that have a uh, history of um, robust performance and, and also other groups within the area um, that, that advocate for for cultural for cultural programming um, yeah yeah we've done some outreach uh, we're always willing to add to our list we're not uh, completely set on one list but we have worked with uh, production companies that have worked in the Sconey Center for very many years um, the Greg Angelo Museum is an example of something that I'm in kind of conversation with about adding some programming. Also, the Yerba Buena Garden Festival, the Arts Center, 
and reaching out to a few other community production uh, entertainment companies and we're always willing to add to that list. So we're just really in the discovery phase right now. So everybody's welcome to have conversations about adding their programming to the Miscellany Center. Uh, may I follow up? I, I might recommend it uh, uh, to just uh, have a fully representative programming in, in this opportunity, which seems like a great opportunity, maybe reaching out to longtime legacy uh, cultural institutions like uh, Bindlestiff or um, Counterpulse or even legacy businesses like Aunt Charlie's or even um, the cultural districts that are adjacent or overlap the area like transgender cultural districts, Soma Filipinas or Leather LGBTQ. Absolutely, thank you, we will. Okay, is there any other comments, questions? Okay, uh, let's move on to, oh, public comment. We have someone walking up. Come on. <laughs> Good evening, commissioners. Um, I just was recently at a Warrior game, and I got to the stadium early, and I was waiting for the other people, and they had music around the stadium, which helped me pass the time, and it was really, really enjoyable, and before I even got to see you know, the Dubs play. Um, I go to the fancy food show and other conventions uh, that they take place there. And a lot of times people are coming and going, but there is people that have to wait around. What better way than to promote the surrounding area to let people take on a San Francisco experience? Um, born and raised here in San Francisco, it was big time music scene. We also saw a lot of our musicians exit out of San Francisco because of affordability. I think anytime we can give more opportunity for our musicians to play in, in, in you know in an organized manner. Um, we, we need to we need, move, we need to move in that direction. So I applaud this gentleman for um, expanding a little bit around the Moscone Center, and maybe now we'll have more of a positive Moscone experience. You know, so um, I'm all for it. Okay, thank you. Is there additional public comment? No more additional comments for this item. Okay, public comment is closed. Do I have a motion? Actually, I have, can I ask another question to Mr. Coates? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, just a follow-up question. Mr. Coates, come back. Oh, is he still here? I'm here. Oh, I'm hi. Here. <laughs> Thank you. Just another question that popped in my head. Is the permit then for the entire block, or is it like for fixed locations that you're asking for? I think the performers, if it's okay with all of you. We'd like them to roam in front of the Moscone Center or any of the uh, north or south side if the permit allows that. But if in the map, I designated four specific areas for you know, where they could set up their musical equipment or their artist uh, backdrop. But if possible, we'd like them to roam and interact with the convention doors directly in front of the Moscone Center on the north and south side if possible. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, just want to clarify. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Do we have a motion? Yes, and just to clarify, um, Director, is if we move to approve this with the staff recommendations now, does that include like the roaming ability? Because I'd like to authorize that if we can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so move then. 
Can I just uh, ask for clarification? It. Sorry about yes. this roaming idea. Um, so just roaming on private property of Moscone between the that block, just that block. Um, so can we be like specific about the block? Asking. I'm asking. I, I think the commissioners who are wanting to add this as a condition. Um, Mr. Coke, can you specify the desired um, perimeters? I think the length of the entrance doors to any of the Moscone centers, so the actual physical building where there's doors where people may be going in and out of or maybe congregating in front of either Moscone North or South, I'd like them to be able to roam. So it's pretty much the entire block, but it does not include you know, the building doesn't take up the entire city block. So I would just say, if possible, could we do the areas directly in front of our physical building? <coughs> May, is, May, is that location not included on the staff racks? Are we requesting an amendment? To yeah, so rec? under the staff, staff, uh, staff recommendations, it doesn't talk about that roaming aspect of it. Um, we just have the map that's included in the um, permit application, and those are the four locations that they were originally asking for. So I'm just wondering if we're expanding it so that it includes basically Howard between third and fourth. Yeah, I think that was always the intention. So if that's, uh, I think you all just need to make an amendment to the staff recs include that okay in that case I'd like to move to approve this item with um, one amendment to the staff recommendation to allow um, outdoor performances outside of the front of the Moscone Center on that block <laughs> on Howard yeah, on, on Howard. Howard Street okay sounds great perfect I'll second okay can we have a vote, please? All right. Um, Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay. Um, Mr. Cote, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Permit Administrator Liang for next steps. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Okay. And for fourth and final permit application, uh, Senior Analyst Rice. Yes, good evening. So the last item tonight on the regular agenda is for SF Marin Food Bank to host outdoor amplified sound with extended duration at their pop-up pantries where they distribute food to communities in need at 15 locations around the city. This permit would allow for them to provide ambient pre-recorded music for their volunteers to enjoy while they work on a daily basis from Monday to Saturday from April 2023 through March of next year. In 13 locations, they're requesting an 8 a.m. or 8.30 a.m. start time, and in two locations, they're requesting an 11 a.m. start time, not to exceed five and a half hours at each location. The food bank has been doing these activations at these locations during the past couple years. The applicant informed me that some of the locations will need to change every two or three months, so I'm recommending tonight that we add a condition to their permit that requires them to notify us at least 14 days before any location change so we can amend their permit administratively. You'll see in your folder their permit application, the list of locations and schedule for amplified sound, and their property approvals. 
There was no opposition to this permit. There were no concerns from Bayview and Southern stations, and we did not receive any recommendation from the other police stations within the response window. So we assume they have no issues with the amendment, excuse me, with the permit. Here to speak with you tonight is Louisa Cantwell from SF Marin Food Bank. Um, thanks, Dylan, for the introduction. Uh, my name is Louisa. I'm from San Francisco Marine Food Bank. I'm the senior program manager running the pop-up pantry program, uh, which is one of our direct service programs. Um, the pop-up started as our COVID response. Um, we actually just passed the three-year anniversary yesterday. We started the day after shelter-in-place went into effect in San Francisco when our conventional pantries had to close because they were indoors. Um, and at the same time, the need for our services was about to increase rapidly. Um, these pop-up pantries um, have continued and have now become a permanent part of our programming. We have no plans to um, stop operating in this manner in these outdoor locations. Um, the pop-up pantries, 15 of which are on this application, serve around 22,000 households a week in San Francisco. Um, the... Uh, demand for our services has not decreased. In fact, it has increased for reasons I'm sure many of you are very familiar with. Um, these are staff-led events. They're staff-run program. It's a staff-run program, and groups of volunteers come. Um, we literally have two, three, four trucks from our 900 Pennsylvania warehouse uh, filled with food and all the supplies we need to set up a big pantry distribution that will serve between 500 and 1,400 households in a four-hour distribution window at each site. Um, groups of volunteers come to do the labor that has, during the pandemic, been pre-bagging groceries, but we're super excited that now they are uh, rapidly transitioning over to farmer's market-style distributions. Um, but we're reliant on volunteers, and we're reliant on volunteers to come and have a good time, including on days like this, in weather like this. And um, we use, or we have been using, um, handheld battery, uh, Bluetooth speakers playing some music in the background, uh, both for the volunteers and also for the participants to make it a welcoming experience, maybe themed on holidays or time of the year, things like that. Um, we were alerted to the need that we needed a permit um, when we went to the ISCOT hearing for our SFMTA street closure sites last month. And so I've been working with Dylan, who's been amazing over the last month to bring this permit to you. Um, as he mentioned, it's been a little tricky to fit them into the kind of structure of the application um, due to the need. Um, our locations need to change, uh, and we don't really know when. Like Three months is a long time in our world. Um, for context, we started most of these sites in um, SFUSD spaces when the schools were closed. The schools reopened, so we had to move, and now we're in a mixture of faith-based organizations, parking lots, FS SFMTA, street closure sites, um, pretty much any space we can get um, that has the logistical capacity and um, are happy for us to be there. Um, we don't have any knowledge of any changes to these locations that hasn't already been communicated in these materials, um, but I can't promise you that I won't get a phone call tomorrow saying that we need to find a new location either in a month or two months' time. Um, we also tried to get uh, longer permits. Um, somewhere like uh, Stonestown Galleria has been amazing. Um, but they just don't um, issue permits for longer than three months, and then they'll renew it every three months. Um, so I haven't been able to provide anything longer than the dates listed um, for our permissions to be there. Um, we, 
as um, Dylan mentioned, we've been operating in most of these spaces, some of them since early 2020, some of them our most recent move was about three months ago. Um, to our knowledge, we haven't received any complaints about the music that we're using except for one um, very local neighbour complaint, uh, which was part of a larger, more philosophical complaint about our operation. Um, and <laughs> since we received that complaint, we haven't used um, a Bluetooth speaker in that location um, within audible distance from that particular neighbour's address. Um, having said that, we are staff-led, as I mentioned. We have a site supervisor on site who's able to take immediate action if there ever is any complaint or or problem with what we're doing, um, both with noise or any other complaints about taking over a street block or a parking space um, for a morning a week or an afternoon a week. Um, and yeah, I just we're here to ask if there's a way that you can issue us permission to continue using music. It, as I said, it's very much a nice to have, not a need to have for us, but it's something that our volunteers um, have felt very strongly about and we'd really like to work with you to see if there's a way where we continue using music at these site locations just to make them a better, more fun environment and a welcoming place to be for everyone who's coming by. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Cantwell. And this is something that's very close to my heart in terms of food programs here in San Francisco, uh, fighting food insecurity throughout the city. And to see a program that came out of our COVID response become part of your programming is amazing. And um, to get a sound permit for this is amazing as well. And um, I was hoping that you would be doing the food distribution and having music playing too, because that would be amazing as well. But let's start here, commissioners. Um, I, uh, I also would like to thank you for, um, for meeting this need uh, as uh, we come out of, uh, as we came out of lockdown and we continue to come out of the pandemic, uh, especially I know for members of the uh, nightlife industry and entertainment industry, um, just things have not returned to the way that they were before. And um, programs like yours are, are saving people's lives, let's be honest. So thank you very much for that. I have a, a sort of a, Logistical question, just um, out of curiosity, how much um, for your site for your distribution sites? What kind of square footage are you generally looking for in terms of size? Um, it depends on the number of people who are enrolled to pick up at that location. Um, but most of our most of our sites are, in effect, we mold our shape to whatever space is available to us. So, in terms of some of our smaller ones, can operate parking lot, maybe 15 to 20 parking stalls in size. Um, if you're familiar with the SFMTA parking lots in Richmond, we operate out of the 8th and Clement lot, which is a fairly compact site. On the other hand, if we have space, we use quite a lot of the Stonestown parking lot over by the old movie theater as well and enjoy the luxury of being able to spread out. But um, it is only subject to what our neighbors and the, the land controller are happy with us using for that part of the week. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Perez. Hello. I also would like to thank you and your volunteers for the work that you do. I think these pop-up pantries are important, necessary, and life-saving service for our community. And um, it's entirely reasonable to have some music uh, while border, the volunteers are working and while folks are in line. And to have just a little bit of joy and entertainment 
um, I think that's very reasonable. So I, I totally uh, for for um, for this application. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just thank you. Thank you for doing this critically important work and serving our most vulnerable in the community. I think it's silly you even have to be here to ask for our permission to do this. So I think that you're not going to find any opposition up here. <laughs> um, let's go to public comment. No public comments for this item. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Do I have a motion? So moved, with staff condition. Um, second. Hey, thank you. Can we have a vote, please? Yes, Vice President Camino? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay, Ms. Cantwell, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Permit Administrator Liang for next steps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, the last item on the agenda is item number eight, commissioner comments and questions, which I'll have to say. Go ahead. Oh, come on, please. Really? No conversation, no, no shout outs, no weather report. Okay, all right, quiet bunch. All right. Is there public comment on this last item? There are no public comments for this item. Okay, <laughs> seeing none, public item is now closed. Oh, gavel down. Okay, this meeting is adjourned at 7.12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you, everybody. TV.